We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody. It is your Sunday. Things I think I know about the Cleveland Browns edition, which is always a crossover under the OBR umbrella between All Eyes on Cleveland and Brad Ward and myself, Jake Burns, and the OBR Film Breakdown. I think we have a great show for you, and it it centers around this idea that you probably, as a loyal listener of this podcast and as well as Brad's podcast, believe, which is that the we think we think we know, we think we think we know. God, that gets weirder every time, Brad that the Cleveland Browns won free agency in the division. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to win the most games, although in in all reality, that has to be the primary functional goal this year is to finally win the division. But we feel pretty confident in the fact that the Browns won, at this stage, won the, the, the battle of team improvement. And... That, you know, you go listen to a Pittsburgh podcast, a Cincy podcast, a Bal- well, probably not Baltimore, but those other two, you'll <laughs> probably agree. I think Baltimore's in flux, and we're going to talk about that. But I feel rather confident the Browns have done the best job of the division at getting better, improving their football team. And I'm here to talk with Brad Ward about that. Brad, what's happening, buddy? How are you? I'm excellent. Uh, it's a good topic tonight. Writing on that topic right now to read that tomorrow at the OBR, uh, or my AFC North reset. So this is good. This is perfect. Let's well, we're recording this uh, on Friday night. I'm once again leaving uh, for a portion of the weekend, so Brad was nice enough to link up I'm with me. Idiot. So these two teams, it's all good. This article will already be out uh, for it Brad will be out. Uh, over the weekend. So if you're listening to this on Sunday, and if anything has happened post 9:45 in the division, we are not including that in our discussion of uh off-season moves right now because we would not know them so just keep that in mind as you're listening to this but we've got a full picture right now and the browns made another signing today in marquise goodwin so we feel pretty good about it reminder of what the browns have done uh from the top ethan postage they brought back three years 18 million uh obania okoronkwo they brought in uh, along the edge to go opposite miles three years 22 dalvin tomlinson four years 57 Juan Thornhill, three years, 21. They signed a vet minimum deal with some a little more guaranteed for Tristan Hill. 
um, on a one-year deal. Uh, that indicates a little more faith that they believe he could be a player for them. Jordan Aikens, a tight end, which I'm telling you so far, Brad, fun study uh, at yeah. tight end. Brought him in two years, uh, $5 million-ish uh, guaranteed, pretty much most of that contract, so they believe he's going to be here. Very low risk, one-year, very minimal guaranteed offer to Maurice Hurst. And then um, they brought in Matthew Adams, the linebacker from the Bears, special teams, Mike Ford, the corner from Atlanta, special teams angle. And we'll cover all of those uh, film rooms from guys you haven't seen. We posted Elijah Moore today, which is the second to last edition here of the offseason, swapping back 42 to 74 to get Elijah Moore. Uh, that Again, that film room is available on Friday, but you'd be able to find that over the weekend if you did not get a chance to look at that. That's for OBR subscribers that film room and then today they went out and signed Marquise Goodwin another speedy wide receiver to lift the basement of that group and provide solid veteran depth and again you will get a bit more um uh, if you haven't listened to it I'm gonna I'm gonna post on Saturday a little bit about um some of what I think of Elijah or sorry um Marquise Goodwin in that signing and what he brings a lot of film to watch on him but preliminarily thoughts on that so that's what the Browns have done Brad uh um and it looks like PFF has said this is one of the best free agent class uh, classes of the entire NFL. They gave them at the time an A minus. They gained 1.475 PFF WAR. The best signing addition that they have is Tomlinson. Not surprised by that, right? Um, but they liked all, almost all of them. The only losses they noted here: Chase Winovich, Jacoby Brissett. And are we missing any on that? Uh, who they've lost? I don't think. Dearness so. Johnson. Okay, and it seems like. Kareem Hunt is going to not there's nothing there I don't know if he's going to even be in the NFL at this point is some of these veteran backs who have clearly lost a step such as Ezekiel Elliott are they're just you know chasing scrap heaps like stuff right now it's pretty sad actually um so yeah not much lost but a lot gained here A, a lot of improved aspects of this football team that we should all be pretty excited about but the goal here Brad is to go around the division and look at the other teams. Now, the Cincinnati Bengals are clearly the team having the most success. They're winning the division. They've made a Super Bowl trip, but they got hurt. Talk to us about what has come in and out of the Bengals this year, and then we'll talk through what we think the results are. And we also like to kind of address what we think these teams will do in the draft, too. Yeah, so the Bengals take their biggest hit at safety. Obviously, Jesse Bates, Von Bell both uh, hit the open market, gone right uh and um surprisingly it looked like jermaine pratt was gonna be out the door too jake but uh they uh smartly i i believe uh re-signed him um kind of surprisingly i think most Bengals fans had uh you know kind of given up on the idea that they were going to retain him but they were able to keep him um and uh their other own their other big move really you know they saw hayden hurst go uh, they saw uh, some Ajay P. Ryan go to the Broncos. Um, so they, they lost a lot on the offensive side and the defensive side. And, and all they really done is, um, you know, they brought in Nick Scott, who's a young safety, right, uh, to fill one of those spots. I, I think they're going to depend on, uh, I think his name is Dax Hill, right? The other kid they're going to depend yeah. on back there. Yeah, I like him. They got him in on Michigan. Very good athlete. Yeah. So, They've drafted a year ahead and did a pretty nice job of having some replacements ready to go in Dax. Uh, you know, he kind of floated around, played different spots, versatile player. The Nick Scott one is who they're going to be banking on, right? So um, yeah. Nick was with the Rams and had some success, not great in coverage, but um, 
you know, neither was Von Bell. And they're going to try to work around that the best they can. But yeah, it's uh, it's actually not as bad in the secondary as I thought it was. They they clearly lost depth, but um, you know, they they've got some angles here to replace that, and I'm sure they'll attack that a little bit in the draft too. Yeah, and then they 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 keep their kind of leader there in Pratt uh, and Michael Thomas uh, is re- retained retained. Pardon me, uh, English. Um, and then, you know, Orlando Brown is the big move, right? So uh, they're going to give up on Will- Jonah, right, Williams? I it guess. appears that and... way. There's some there's some buzz that by bringing in Brown the way they did, paying him and ensuring he's going to play left tackle, that yeah. has set Jonah Williams, their former first-round pick in 2019, to a spiral of a decision of he wants to be traded. So right. who knows if that is something they'll end up honoring. Uh, it sounds like they're they're – their discussions going on to try to try to try to move him. I mean, I've enjoyed his time in Cincinnati because we've, you know, when the Browns have played them, eating <laughs> them alive, but yeah, that does create another hole, right? Like they have Lyle Collins, I think still, but he was, he was, I mean, he was the huge off season acquisition last year for them. And he yes. was terrible. He was really, really bad, but yeah, I mean, they got guys like Jackson Carmen that they drafted in the second round in 21 Max Sharping that they brought, brought back, um, they're you know, trying they got some guys, but um, they also brought in Cody Ford, uh, the, yeah. the, the failed guard in Buffalo, who I don't know, I guess maybe they'll give him a chance to play some tackle again. But yeah. Yeah, they want him to win the right tackle spot, it feels like. And then they give the big contract. I mean, it's not that big, but, you know, 16 million. Anytime you're giving somebody, you know, 16 million dollars a year. I know it's left tackle, so I guess it's not really that much, but you know it looks big on the surface. Is there a big signing? Four years, sixty-four million dollars, right? So, um, to uh, uh, Brown, and the the weird thing about it is, many would kind of say, like, did you really need to do that? I think probably people in Cincinnati probably think they did, but I don't know how much it solves, Jake. And this is kind of like the mystery around uh, around their big move, right? Like, great run blocker, but struggles kind of in pass protection and and uh i don't know how much that solves for them i I don't know either i mean the bar is pretty low as far as uh, (laughs) the performance of Bengals offensive linemen over the past few years and they've been able to overcome it so i think he's a level above what they've seen i don't know that you can sit here and be like well he's one of the best tackles in the game and i don't think there are people over there the smart some of the smarter people who cover that team think that either but they do view him as a He's a good football Upgrade. player. Like he's just good. Yeah. He's he's good. He's not great. He's not elite, but he's good. And they don't need him to be great with Burrow because typically the football gets out pretty quick. So I think it's a fine decision for them. I think that where it becomes even a little bit troublesome to me is that like they this decision was supposed to bolster what they had, and that decision has pissed off Jonah Williams to the point of wanting to be moved. And you know Williams hasn't been great, but he's been fine-ish at times. And like losing a talented player like that and creating again, another hole at the right tackle position is not exactly what Cincinnati should be excited about. So, I mean, offensive line remains a plausible thing that they could take in this draft. I think that yep. one stands out to me, Brad. I think if you look at tight end is, a, is just a mystery. They they've been in on some tight ends throughout the free agency circuit, but they've never really uh, been close as, as close as someone think to signing some. And I know that a lot of their folks were interested in like, Foster Moreau, but then he had this terrible, um, yeah, it's unfortunate lymphoma uh, situation. Yeah. So he's not going to be playing for a while as he beats that. I'm sure he will. He's a tough sob. Uh, but the tight end spot is Devin Asiasi, Tanner Hudson, and Nick Bowers. The unfortunate thing is, like in the first two rounds, 
there's so many good tight ends. I mean, you got Michael Mayer right. and Darnell Washington and and uh, Dalton Kincaid among among several others. Like they'll fill that tight end role in the draft. And I'm actually impressed that they didn't go out and force that signing for somebody at that position because they they're a huge 11 personnel team. Something I aspire Cleveland to get to, and Cleveland continues to show you they're going in that direction based on decisions they're making here. Um, but yeah, there's that, that's the gaping hole that stands out to me. I mean, they could look to didn't lose much up front. Like you said, bringing back Pratt, they still have Hendrickson, uh, BJ Hill, DJ reader, Sam Hubbard. There's not much to they'll draft somebody up front. I think Brad, but they won't force anything there. They could take a safety a little earlier than we think. They still have Cheetah Bay Wuzier, who's a right fine corner. They still uh, like Cam Taylor Britt, the Nebraska kid that they brought in the mm-hmm. second round last year. They still have Mike Hilton. It's a very nice nickel corner. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the, the the spots I see are still offensive line early and tight end very early. So that's where I think the Bengals are. So I don't know that the Bengals got worse. Uh, they give them an A minus as well as as the Browns PFF does. I I don't know that I would give. I'd give them more B plus. I think that if they had yeah. gotten a little better tackle than Orlando Brown. Um, like an elite version of that, like maybe like a Lyle Collins in a trade or something along those lines. Um, you know, uh, or Armstead the year before, I think went to Miami. That would be like the type of player I'd really want. But um, they they actually, and if you're trying to be like, well, the Browns and Bengals both got a minus, you can't say, well, the Browns gained one point four seven five WAR and the Bengals gained uh point zero point eight nine. So the Browns, by definition of how they view wins above replacement did better here, but we'll see. You got to add the draft as a part of this too. So we'll revisit after the draft and look at what they added. But yeah, I mean, the Bengals are fine, but you can see where some things are going to start catching up with them. Losing those two safeties is a big deal, Brad, right? Like that, that matters. We'll see if they're able to seamlessly replace them and they got to solve tight end and they're getting ever so close to some pretty big contracts and decisions on guys like T Higgins and some others, right? Yeah. It feels like the last year, maybe that Chase and Higgins are together. Maybe, uh, I'm hoping, but Very it feels well like be. that a little bit, a little yep. bit. Um, and, uh, but to your point, like as far as the grades go, like I get why they get an A minus, although the Browns did much, much more. They had more to do, I think mm-hmm. like, and where the Bengals are compared to the Browns, where they just kind of needed to tweak some things and continue to, you know, keep the roster build steady while letting some guys go out the door, I think they have kind of handled that pretty well. Uh, I would agree. Yeah. yeah, they've done they, the the core of the Bengals is in place. They just need to figure out a couple pieces to that puzzle, right? Where the Browns are trying to put in a lot of new puzzle pieces that needed to be added. Exactly, bigger, chunkier yeah. puzzle pieces. But again, I think the Browns have done a really nice job of that. So um, close. The Bengals, I think, are the other team that has done the closest uh, in this portion of the early off season. But yeah. Um, I, th- I still think Cleveland's done a little better. Uh, yeah. Baltimore is where we switch to now. And, you know, it's mm. – I'll never feel sorry for Baltimore ever. But Mm-mm. it is – they're in a weird spot, right? The quarterback pause they're in because of whether they're going to be able to end up keeping Lamar on the transition tag. Uh, sorry, it's not the transition tag. It is the non-exclusive tag at mm. 32 and some change has halted everything. It's halted the interest of other free agents. It's halted their ability to – willfully use some of their cap like the pff write-up of the team doesn't even have any (laughs) write-up of anything it has Mm -mm. what they've done which they added today the first player they have added is nelson aguilar as they are really bad in the wide receiver position right now so aguilar is a very welcome 
um, welcome addition for them. They, uh, um, and that's saying something is it's like Rashad Bateman, who hopefully can stay healthy, who we think is really talented. I think he's talented. But he's got to stay healthy. But then it's like Devin Duvernay and Tylen Wallace and Andy Isabella and you know, James Prochet. I mean, it's, it's bleak, man. It's really bleak. And they have the old Bengals, Mike Thomas, the wide receiver, not the Michael Thomas safety we just talked about. And then there's also a Mike Thomas that we know from the Ohio State version. The NFL has a ton of Mike Thomases. Uh, they do. Get that out there. But anyway, yeah, I mean, like looking at the Ravens roster, they re-signed Trayvon Mullen. The, 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 they have him listed as a safety. Some places lift him as, list him as a corner. I don't know what's the true position of that uh, failed draft pick. Uh, he's just been brought back around. <laughs> Justice Hill, Lamar Jackson, Geno Stone, who I liked, didn't hit the market um re-signed him they lost Calais Campbell guard Ben Powers Josh Oliver got a decent deal and then they traded away Chuck Clark so you know they have Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams but they used Kyle Hamilton in a bit more of a creative way as a third DB um and those bigger safety looks now Chuck Clark is is out out elsewhere so I don't know if they'll bring in another safety of some kind um the corner position is a spot that i look at brad and say you know they have marlon humphrey who's phenomenal but then they lost market marcus peters and they never replaced him it was that that thought that they could who is it that they were Darius slay right Darius slay was a potential fit there but yeah it, it didn't not, it, it didn't looked work like he out. was gonna leave and it never happened yeah it's it's pretty bleak man it's pretty bleak i, I mean what's your thoughts on this whole Baltimore situation, then we'll talk about where they might draft some people here. I just don't know, man. It's a tough spot, man. I don't, they can't do anything right. Uh, yeah, really. I mean, they did Aguilar, but, uh, cause you don't know what style of quarterback you're going to have. You don't know if it's going to be Jackson. Plus, if you have to, if somebody does sign an offer sheet, you know, you, you want to be able to match it. So you don't really want to spend any money that that can restrict you from doing that. It's just, um, the way they've gone about this is, is put them in this position. I mean, they really have nobody to blame but themselves at this point, uh, for Mm -hmm. being in this position, um, because they're kind of trying to get one over on, on Jackson, right? Like, you know, with the non-exclusive tag, but at the same time, they've kind of handcuffed themselves. So, uh, I, to your point, like, I think their roster will be okay. Like, I think they'll still be able to put something together once this is all shakes out, right? Like, they'll still be competitive no no matter what, you know, as long as Jackson is around. Um, but I really don't know. It feels like the draft is a big, like, um, a big... Uh, a big moment in what happens with this contract. Right. And, um, what happens with the Ravens? Like it it feels like, I don't know, somebody out there could sign them to an offer sheet and try to, you know, front load it to force the Ravens off of it. Um, I don't know if that'll happen or not, or it'll be really weird, Jake, if nobody even tries to sign him to an offer sheet and he just goes back. And then what does he do? Is he going to agree to play on a, a, 12 million dollar less contract than you should actually be getting because the ravens you know what looks like collusion if it's if it is or it isn't um will he sit out a year i don't know he's not going to be happy though either way so this is just one big mess the ravens are 49 and 21 all time with him starting 
uh, four and eight when he doesn't start with eight or when he doesn't play a quarterback. So, um, they if he doesn't him. play, if he doesn't, if that something happens where he doesn't play, whether that's, he gets moved traded, which it still feels to me like he does not want to be there. Um, they're, right. they're not, they're not, they're not in good shape. Like they're a six to eight win team. They're, they're not D- good. Doesn't it feel like to you, Jake, like a little bit like, um, this non-exclusive tag is like negotiating in bad faith a little bit. It it does in a sense. I feel like they there is a yeah. Well, what it tells me if they were like we're keeping this guy no matter what, they would have exclusived him and paid him forty five or whatever right. it was. Yeah, it feels like they're challenging him. It was a win win for Baltimore because they feel like he won't get that money on the market, so they're challenging him and going out and saying, "Hey, man." Other teams had the opportunity to sign you, even though it's not that easy, right? It's not that easy because teams have well, to commit a large portion of cap. To a yeah, especially like right now, like yeah. it, it, the timing, right in free agency week. If you put it on the offer sheet, it sits on your books. You can't sign anybody yeah. else. Just like you'd exactly. be in the same situation the Ravens are in, and nobody, nobody wants, wants to do that. Yeah, correct. So it's trickier than that, but that's the bad faith part of it, right? And then if they do like finagle the whole situation they get to keep him for 13 million dollars less and that is that's probably a win in their books right yeah so yeah yeah, i don't like where any of it's headed but there also might be no other solution (laughs) if nobody else is going to pursue him he could sit out sure but that's 32 million dollars you're still leaving on the table man so it's tricky he's not a top 10 pick he was picked 32 it's not it's not a it's not a guarantee that he can just set that money aside and go on, right? So they, they get a C minus, and I think that's being pretty generous because I don't know. They have not gotten better. Now they could in the draft. To me, they did lose Calais Campbell, but they're still between Matabuke, Michael Pierce, and guys like Odafe Owe and Tyus Bowser, they're good enough up front. You know, they still have Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith coming back, a couple safeties, but the corner spot outside of Humphrey is it's uh it's bleak so as we talked about um we're going to talk about pittsburgh who i also think needs a corner in a minute but this is a team that is a prime time corner candidate team and they and 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 this is no longer um you know who's the former offensive coordinator there i'm blanking on what i want to talk about they brought in todd monken so this is a completely different offense than what they were running before and, and that to me means you have to they have to get better at wide receiver they've got to I know it's not a home run draft as the last two were for wide receiver, but they've got to get right. one at some point. So, uh, and they don't have a ton of picks. They only have what, like si- they only have six picks in this one. So, um, they, they, there's five, I believe. Is it only five? Five? Yeah, they have picked twenty-two, sure. I think, but then they only have five total picks. Because yeah, they moved their right. second round pick for Roquan, I believe, right? Yep. So that is um, a thing to keep an eye on as well. The uh, our lads lists for them as needs corner wide receiver and quarterback, which I would agree uh, with that. So, yes. All right. Uh, I think, I think Baltimore is in the worst shape of the division. So yeah, they justifiably get a C minus and we'll see what happens there. Pittsburgh's up next before we get to Pittsburgh though. Quick break word from our sponsors. We will be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Steelers, Brad, talk to us about what they did because there's, you know, some good and some bad here. Yeah, so it feels like, you know, new era for them, right? So uh, they are going to – this is their first uh, off season, not headed up by um, Kevin Colbert since 1999, Jake. So uh, Omar Khan, longtime right-hand man to Kevin Colbert, and uh, they brought in the former Eagles assistant Andy Weidel. I hope, I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, are, and they're running the offseason, and it, that effect uh, was felt right away as they go to bolster their offensive line, and they bring in two offensive linemen uh, from the Eagles, right? Her, uh, Herbig, 6'6", uh, mm-hmm. 334, uh, big presence there. Um, and then they bring in uh, this Isaac uh, Sayumalu, Sayumalu. Yep, Isaac Ciamalo. Um, he's a nice player. A lot of injury issues in his past, yeah, but if he stays yeah. healthy like he did last year in Philly, a nice player. So he will uh, attempt to replace Kevin Dotson at left guard, it says here, or that's what I have down, and uh, Herbig will uh, replace somebody else uh, over there. So uh, the other guard position, I think, right? Um, yeah, so, they have like they have like James Daniels. Yep. Who they brought in from Chicago. They also have Kevin Dotson, yep. who's been around That's what it is. fourth round Dan- pick Daniels. from there from a few years back. They also had, I mean, they've had some weird things here. Like they kind of like Kendrick Green they drafted in the third mm-hmm. round in 2021, and he hasn't panned out. They still have listed Dan Moore as their left tackle. Their right tackle is still uh Chuck Chuck Sakorafor, who was the third round pick in 2018. But that I mean, there's some names to like on the interior. Cole Mason plays center, but or sorry, Mason Cole plays center. Yeah, there's not the tackle spot is a, is a is a very like their number one need is is definitely offensive line to me. Yeah, so so they go interior here. So you know, ideally they want Herberg Herbig to uh, take uh, Daniel's job and uh, Sayamalu to take Dotson's job, and then they you know they're better up the middle. Uh, defensively, they keep Ogunjobi, uh, sign him to a three year deal that. He didn't have a great year last year, one and a half sacks, uh, nothing outstanding. But I think they think that he can be better than that, um, which there's some question to, right? Because, you know, it was kind of a prove-it deal last year, and he semi-proved it, and they gave him a three-year deal anyways. Maybe they didn't Mm -hmm. think they could do any better or whatever. So that's kind of a weird contract there, but, you know, he's been good throughout his career. So, um, And then they had to replace Miles Jack. And of course, their miss on Devin Bush there at, at linebacker, right? Two two linebackers. Jack, uh, they had to replace 104 tackles from him as he was good last year. 
uh, in his one year with them, right? So uh, they bring in a Landon Roberts, uh, as you mentioned, is a bit of a thumper there up the middle, and uh, Cole, what's his name, Holcomb? Cole Holcomb, yeah. So they've reshaped their linebacker room. I don't think anybody over there would tell you they liked what Miles Jack and Devin Bush gave them. Um, but mm-hmm. again, Cole Holcomb is fine. And and I think Alandon Roberts is limited, but is no different than like they lost Robert Spillane as well, who's a guy who played for yes. them a lot. Pretty yeah. similar types, not great coverage players, but can fill run right. fits. It feels like a lot of what Pittsburgh wanted to do was fix run defense, which has been a bit of a problem for them um, over the last few years. So take that for what it's worth. Keep going. Yeah. I mean, there's a clear kind of emphasis uh, from them, pardon me, on the line of scrimmage, um, running the ball and stopping the run. Like it feels like this was kind of like a throwback off season for them. Like they wanted to get back to like Steeler football, like at its core, we want to be really good on the offensive line or better, at least on the offensive line. The one big thing they have to replace and they'll try to do it. Like I think you mentioned with, uh, Casey, who I think I actually liked, he was a free agent and they resigned him. Uh, I actually liked his potential third, uh, safety option for the Browns at one point, but um, mm-hmm. he will, uh, I guess, try to replace uh, Terrell Edmonds, which is a big key piece that they lose on the back end, and, and they have not uh, been able to uh, replace. The other switching out is they lose Cam Sutton, which is he's a super valuable player, and they bring in Patrick Peterson on a... Uh, two-year deal. It's basically a one-year deal. Now, he's 32 years old uh, and is coming off of a really good year. But if you dive into the numbers, as I was here in my article here, they, you know, over in, you know, uh, he was in Minnesota, uh, 76% of the time in zone, uh, 12th highest percentage of any cornerback in the league. Uh, And uh, for a 32-year-old, I'm sure working in that zone-heavy scheme helps, right? So he finished with the fifth highest war among cornerbacks. Now, three years before that, 54th, 73rd, and 53rd. So maybe a bit of a mm-hmm. uh, a one-off here and uh, got him signed to a nice little deal uh, because of it. I don't know if uh, the Steelers run that much zone or if he'll fit or what, but it, it feels like maybe a little bit of a force there. It feels like a Mike Tomlin signing. He likes Patrick Peterson, the person, and think they can get yeah. a joe hayden like veteran run out of him character so not, yeah. yeah not 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 an uh totally uncommon thing for pittsburgh to take a swing on but i mean they have got to solve nickel their their corner situation they continue to try to band-aid that they don't draft any young corners that matter like they just think if you look at it levi wallace they got from buffalo I think on a free agent deal is their other projected right now starting corner they signed James Pierre. Okay. Like he's very much a jag. Akilah Weatherspoon came over from Seattle. Like they don't invest in that position, which is kind of amazing to me. So if they go through this draft, and I know following some of their people, they're very much into this corner class. Um, you know, so they, they should they should go out and address that. And then I imagine they will. They should swing on one of those. So I mean, offensive line and corner are the two positions that stand out to me, and they have two premium picks to do it. Uh, they mm-hmm. have that Bears pick that they swapped out for Chase Claypool, which will be at the top of the second round. And they have their own pick, which I don't know. What is it? Do you know it off the top of your head? It should be in the teens, right? Yeah, um, I believe it. 
I could be wrong. I thought it was like 18 or 19 maybe, or maybe it's lower okay. than that. I don't know. Yeah, their their season uh, ended up finishing uh, on a higher note. So, yeah, they, they've got some clear deficiencies. They, they'll probably draft another wide receiver as I don't really see a clear-cut third guy. I mean, Pickens and Deontay Johnson are a strong top two, but they don't have a, a real it feels third like they need a player. slot guy maybe yeah. uh they have took a calvin guy, austin in the calvin austin yep. yep yeah but again i don't i mean how much do they like him and it's a good draft to take somebody in that same range again so maybe they'll take another swing but if they come out of this draft's first three picks without a tackle in a corner i'll be pretty stunned uh, that's just the clear defined need for the organization there they get a b plus from pff uh, an addition of 0.538 war gained um you know, it's it's fine. They've done okay. They haven't, in, in my pr- opinion, I haven't seen Pittsburgh sign anybody where I'm like, that's a yeah. scary signing. Don't want to see him. You know, so they will so, continue to thrive on like tradition and and winning culture that they continue <laughs> to have there. And Mike Tomlin takes it, brings it yeah. to them. But everything for them, much like Cleveland, they have a mystery. I mean, Deshaun is not the mystery that you know uh, Kenny Pickett is here, uh, but. Everything for them rides on Kenny Pickett cleaning up a lot like, of his messes last year and getting better. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like we've seen Pickett be, be good at times. Like, and and then I feel like we've seen it, seen him be a bit of a slap ass at times. So I don't know whether, you know, I don't know. If I'm not afraid really of Kenny is. Pickett. Yeah. I, I'm I not afraid of him either, yeah. but yeah, it's yeah. just like, I don't know if he's going to be good enough over the long term that they're going to stick with him. Uh, what we want, is, Brad, and we've said this with John Colosimo when I've had on my show many times. You said we it to want, me too. Yeah. We, we want them to be as confused about Kenny Pickett as possible. Yeah, draw we that out. I want more. Kenny to have flashes. I want him to have these flashes that make him think he's great, and then he struggles. Yeah, we want them to go through four years of the is this quarterback good? Right. right. So the thing every offseason cool. should be like, well, you know what? You know what we really need? We need to see more Kenny Pickett and determine yeah. what yeah. he really is. Kind of like Without what a doubt. we did for years with different quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the truth, man. It, so this is a paragraph from my uh, article here, and I'll just read it real quick. But it, I think it kind of sums up their strategy. And I already mentioned a little bit of the throwback to the line of scrimmage, but they did some other stuff too. But um, the Steelers have signed quality veterans at a low cost uh, along with um, boosting their squad in the short term. The strategy could help Pittsburgh prolong the contracts of its young offensive players, which include Pickett, Pickens, Harris, and Fryermuth, which feels like they don't want to spend too much because they think that's their core. Makes sense to me. That's who they've drafted. That's who they've invested in. I think that Pickens, uh, if he continues to stay on the straight and narrow, super talented player, um, you know, Najee Harris, I hope they keep paying Harris. I don't, again, I think he's a, good ish but not afraid of him so yeah keep that up and then keep not, keep seeing all you need of kenny pickett so you know yeah not afraid of that core either but no it feels like that's no. what they think is their I agree. their future on offense yeah and they should they've drafted and invested in those guys so yeah that should be the angle that they're taking but yeah i mean it's definitely year two for every quarterback is wildly important think back to how high we were on baker mayfield going into year mm-hmm. two and then what we saw in uh in year two i was pretty surprised they stuck with matt canada the the offensive coordinator we'll see if that ends up working out uh for them but yeah we'll revisit these brad and i'll get together at some point in the off season uh, over the summer and see the full draft 
you know, because there's still a lot of time to sign guys, you know, fringe players to help bolster the depth of positions. And then obviously the draft is huge. So we'll revisit these. But I think it's a fun exercise through two weeks, really two weeks of teams morphing their team for the first time in 23 to to look across the division and see if the Browns did uh, well. And I think they did well. I think they did well compared to the rest of the league um that we might touch on those at some point around teams in the afc did um so on and so forth but i think the browns did as well as anybody in the nfl in this free agency period considering what they had and what they needed right yeah and and you know to the point of this this uh episode by far better than than all all these other teams in the division by by far very much agree as far as uh Signing as far as improvement goes, I, I don't think it's mm-hmm. even close. So, yeah, it's um, not to say the teams are better. We're not judging teams. We're just judging yeah. what they did, like how they players they brought in and Im- improvements to the roster at hand. It's not saying oh the Browns have a better roster than the Bengals now. We're not doing that. We're just saying this free yeah. agency period they they did is uh, better than anyone across the division. Now, you know, print the off season champs T shirts back to back, blah blah blah. That's all the, the running <laughs> joke. So uh, we're keeping Tri- that perpetuated, right? So back to back off season champs so far yeah. here. But yeah, overall good three stuff. P- Brad, anything else? P- uh, no, P- yeah, anything else to close on this thing? No, I'm good. Uh, so far, so good. And uh, you know, I I hope they I hope they make like one more move. The Browns, but yeah. Just give I'll us a one more for uh, defensive show. lineman, defensive yeah. lineman with Maybe a little inside edge out or... versatility. Yeah, yeah, something like yeah, that. There's a lot of edge perfect. guys they could sign. A lot of edge perfect. guys. The D tackle group's getting a little dwindled. Um, Ionitis seems to be like the yeah. apple of everybody's eye. Um, Ashawn is still out, out there. there too. Yeah, there's there's answers. I hope they, I hope they go get one. We'll see. Um, yeah. Anyway, listen, fun episode for Brad for me. The OBR continue to check out stuff over the weekend. Brad, like we said here, is going to put out his thorough article that is. Uh, already out at the OBR if you're listening to this on Sunday. So go back and check out the written word Um, over the weekend here. I'm trying to post a film room on um, snaps that caught the Browns eye and why they would go out and sign Tristan Hill and Maurice Hurst. So I put together some, this is what caught their eye stuff for you guys. That'll be out Saturday. So check that out if you missed it. And then a Sunday Jordan Aikens uh, review uh, will be available for you as well. So check out that stuff over the weekend. Like I said, Again, have a great weekend, everybody. Hopefully it's uh, been good for you to this point and um, a great Sunday. And Brad and I will be back with more coverage next week. So check us out. Thanks for being here. Go Browns.